You're listening to episode 54 of Widowcast with Joanne Philomena, the author of Widowed. This is a Joanne the Life Coach podcast production. These are real stories and real experiences of widowhood, both my own story and experiences and many other widows I've known and worked with as a life coach. You can support this podcast and keep it going if you are shopping on Amazon.com. You can help support it by going through the affiliate link for Widowcast. You don't pay a penny more for what you buy on Amazon. It's all the same, but Amazon passes a few cents along to Widowcast. So if you go to my website at joannethelifecoach.com, you'll see a link in the top menu for Amazon. Or just type in joannethelifecoach.com slash Amazon, and it will take you to Amazon's main page. Make that your Amazon link, your favorite. Then anytime you click on your favorite link and take advantage of shopping Amazon, you're helping to support this podcast. And to be honest, shopping Amazon is one of my favorite things. Thank you. So, you think you'll never love again, or even think about being with another person in such a close relationship again. I surely felt that way over the last couple years. I couldn't even imagine at my time in life making all the compromises to share space with another person. I only wanted to find my best self and stand on my own two feet. I've always been fiercely independent and individualistic anyway. We both were, Jim and I. I bet you also know how completely unique your relationship with your spouse was, right? Of course, it's not something that could ever be duplicated. But I had an interesting shift in my journey right around the two-year mark. If you're a regular listener of mine, you heard my episode about the end of two years, and it was my realization that I had continued to think of myself as Jim's wife, and that was not serving me to move ahead and away from some of the deep pain of grief. I wasn't thinking of me as Joanne. I was still thinking of me as Jim's wife. And I even asked myself, on a metaphysical level, could I also be holding him back from growing in spirit by keeping him tied to this earthly plane? I could clearly hear him answer in true Jim personality, (laughs) till death do us part, that's your out. Even in the grips of this emotional evolution, I had to laugh right out loud when I heard this. And yes, that was sitting in close proximity to strangers on an airplane. (laughs) I was going through this emotional turmoil, hearing Jim speak to me and laughing. It was so Jim. He used to tell me, he used to tell me if anything happened to me, he would have someone else in this house in a week and that I would too. Or... Maybe it would take me two weeks because he was so fabulous. I would just laugh at him. But I knew there was a grain of truth in there. He could not function alone. And he would indeed seek out companionship almost right away. 
did that hurt me? Did I begrudge him this? Even while I was still alive and breathing, and he would tell me, I, I would have somebody here in a week. Not at all. I knew he would do what he needed to be cared for. And I was delighted to think if anything did happen to me, he wasn't going to waste his life being sad. I knew he would grieve me even if he was spending time with someone else. I knew he could never replace me because of my unique fabulousness, <laughs> right? Oh my God, I laugh, but you know, it's the truth. It's the truth. I didn't find this upsetting at all. Remembering this made me realize how he would be feeling that it had been two years and this fiercely independent lady was still holding her heart locked away. You know, I still cannot imagine what another relationship might be. I'm still not sure I could make all the minor adjustments it takes to bond with another human being. But I can acknowledge that my heart's beginning to feel more open. I realize now that all the mad, crazy in love I was with Jim is still there, and it always will be. But even with that there, there's another love space waiting to open. It's amazing how the heart can love and love and love and love. But there are so many questions and fears about this new feeling. Maybe the scariest is I know now the full level of commitment I would go into a new relationship with. And that's, that feels scary. But when someone you adore dies, your eyes are open to how precious emotional intimacy with someone else is. I mean, if I love again, it will be complete commitment, unconditional. And yes, again, madly, wildly crazy in love. And I know it can exist right along the love I still hold for Jim. Yeah, it's a scary thing. It's also kind of a wondrous and incredible thing to suddenly realize after two years of being absolutely certain that there was no way, there was no way I would ever be able to want to be in some kind of relationship again. So since this realization has settled on me with the acceptance that Jim is truly not coming back, and I think that is what the shift was at about two years. It was a kind of acceptance. I intellectually knew that he was not coming back, as well as I intellectually understood that through the first year, there was always that thing in my mind. And I know probably all of you experience this. You intellectually know they're dead and gone, but there's something that always kind of expects them to come back through the door. And I thought I was past that. And the truth was, I really wasn't. I truly, until that mark right on coming up on two years, I truly reached a place of acceptance. And since then, it has been confusing and unnerving. And I'm still not certain I would be able to have another relationship. But incredibly, at one year and 10 months, I was still a completely closed door. And at one year and 11 months, I suddenly saw the possibility unfold. I felt it unfold. 
And you know, just because I'm a life coach and I work with thoughts and emotions every day for other widows, for my weight loss clients, and most especially for myself, I self-coach every day because working with your thoughts and emotions and being aware of them, it's not something that you do one time and you're all done. It's like brushing your teeth in the morning. When you get up and brush your teeth in the morning, it doesn't mean that you're done and now your teeth will forever be clean. It's like a little later on, you need to brush your teeth again, right? If you clean up your house, it's not going to stay clean now forever and you never have to do anything to keep it clean. It's like, no, daily you have to kind of pick up after yourself and that's what keeps your house clean. The same thing with the awareness of your thoughts and emotions and being able to feel right through those emotions. And that's what I teach my clients. I don't tell them they have to come talk to me on a phone call every week for the rest of their life. That would be nuts. I teach them the tools so that they know how to handle this on their own. So even though I'm a life coach and all of this unfolded, I still have all those emotions and thoughts that come up. And I coach myself on them constantly. For me, it was at one year and 11 months. It could be at 18 months for you. It could be even sooner. Or maybe it's at three years for you. But the heart will want to open. You have the choice to let it open or keep it firmly locked away. You have to ask yourself, which is going to allow you to evolve? Which is going to let you feel lighter? Just because you find that place of acceptance doesn't mean that you're going to have to run out and find a dating service. Oh God, don't do that. You don't even have to think about that kind of thing at all. Just know your heart doesn't have to stay clamped down. I fear there can be bitterness with a heart locked away forever. Acceptance may come in the form of suddenly being able to move pictures off the wall, change the sofa, move the furniture, even throwing away things you've been hanging on to. I hear widows talk about this after, even after five years, eight years, 15 years saying, I'll never get over it. I'll never stop being his wife. And I, I worry about this because I think that they hold themselves back from being themselves. They hold themselves in a place of emotional pain instead of being able to grow through the love that they had for their spouse. Holding on to that doesn't mean that you're allowing that love and letting it continue to blossom inside of you. It's shutting yourself down entirely. Interestingly enough, I recently had another coach reach out to chat with me. She's been a relationship coach for divorcees, widows, and widowers for some time. I was fascinated to connect with someone who has coached widows and widowers on finding a special someone. The idea of this had never even crossed my mind. I do want to see if I can get her on this podcast for an interview segment. I'm sure she'll do it with me. I want to share her with all of you because she's really great. If anyone wants to reach out to her, email me and I will refer you. 
you can just drop me an email at joanne at joannethelifecoach.com. And if I think you meet her criteria for being ready, I'll refer you over to her. You'll also be hearing about her on a future episode as soon as I can arrange it. She told me about some of the main points she had learned over the years of coaching that were common to all her clients, divorced and widowed. They wanted to know where and how to find high-grade connections, no internet dating. The biggest reason for wanting to connect in relationship with another was for companionship, for travel, and for intimacy. And yes, in that order, companionship was like the biggest thing. Some were worried about weight and that it could be a deal breaker. Even if their body was at a perfectly fine weight, they still worried about this. There were other things, but these are the ones that really stood out to me, especially in view of the fact that I had just said, well, maybe it could happen, but it would have to be with no lights on and a moonless night. <laughs> right? We're watching the moon phases. Some widows have rushed into better-than-nothing relationships, settling for any companionship, no matter how unfit the relationship is for them. They often wound up with partners not interested in marriage or anything serious in very selfish, one-sided relationships. I've heard widows talk about guys that show up being very attentive, but were basically looking for a nurse with a purse. In other words, a mom to take care of them and someone to help pay the bills. Wow, how attractive sounding is that, right? <laughs> so be wary, but don't think your heart has to stay forever locked away. Don't think that the love you feel for your spouse blocks out all possibility of loving again. You're not giving up one for the other. Your heart can grow and make room. My heart is expanding even as I tell you this. Now, I have no intention of rushing out to try to find people to date or anything like that. I mean, you know, I'm still here working away in my little podcast studio. I'm a bit of a hermit, and I probably will stay that way. But I can acknowledge that my heart is expanding and that it is a possibility. It is a possibility I could connect with someone on that level again. I'll also share with you that as a life coach who self-coaches her own thoughts and emotions daily, I thought it was all well in hand with this new acceptance, right? And it's been a couple months for me now since I've kind of reached that realization. Not that I was going to rush out and find someone else, but I felt lighter and freer to do my own thing, to redecorate, make some welcome changes in my life. But as a part of these changes, I decided, oh, about five, six days ago, that I was going to try to eliminate all sugars and all flowers from my eating. Right? As a weight coach, I do these things. I experiment. I also know that sugar and flour are like taking a little hit of heroin, lights up the same place in your brain. 
So I thought, let me see what happens. You know, this is something I can try for a couple weeks. And if I feel good on it, then I'll just continue on that way if that's what works for me. So I just cut out all sugar of any form. I mean, natural form, I still have a little bit of fruit each day, just a little bit. But there's no white sugar, brown sugar, honey, any of those things. No flowers of any kind because they're concentrated when they're ground down like that. And it's something that's not natural for your body to handle. So I decided I would do that. And being a coach, I knew it's like, well, let's see what comes up. When I take away sugar and flour, it's like removing a little bit of a buffer in my life. Like if there was an unpleasant emotion, I might not acknowledge it. Instead, I might eat a cookie, right? So just commit to getting rid of that. Let's see what comes up. And for the first couple days, I didn't really have much for thought downloads. I was doing great. The third day, I made myself sit down and do a thought download because I thought, this is crazy that for two days, I haven't done a thought download. My thought download was pretty good because it was mostly a few thoughts like, I've totally got this. I can do anything for two weeks. This is no problem. If I quit smoking, I can absolutely walk away from sugar and flour. Then came the fourth day, and I did a thought download. And I filled up three pages. <laughs> oh my gosh, three pages I filled with thought after thought after thought, all this stuff running through my brain. And I looked at it and I thought, holy cow, has this all been simmering under the surface all this time? And cutting out that little bit of reward in the pleasure center of my brain with sugar and flour, all of a sudden brought this all up to the surface all the way to yesterday when I found myself in complete meltdown at one point. And you guys know I will always be totally vulnerable and open with you because the whole point of doing this podcast for widows is to share what's in my heart completely. Because even though I think I'm crazy and unique, I usually discover there's a whole bunch of you out there that go, wow, thank you for talking about that. I thought I was crazy. When I had this meltdown last night, I thought I was crazy because I was in the throes of complete meltdown over this idea of my heart expanding and maybe having a possibility of, of forming something with someone else, of having a deep friendship, even just a deep friendship on a very spiritual level. I found that I, my emotions and the fear of this was like through the roof. And I'm very good at processing emotions. I know how to find the emotion in my body, welcome it in. I've done this work long enough that I'm a little bit badass about it. I'm like, okay, fear, I know you. Come on in. What you got? Show me what you got. I can handle it. Well, last night I found myself laying on the rug upstairs where Jim died. And I haven't done that since the first anniversary of his death. The first anniversary of his passing, I went upstairs and laid down on that very spot to talk to him. And that's where I found myself last night, laying on my back. Instead of writing down my thoughts, and I should know better as a coach, I should be writing those down in a thought download. But instead, I was laying on my back with tears running into my ears and telling all my thoughts out loud to Jim and talking 
crying but laughing at the same time. I mean, I was literally laughing with him saying, you know, can you believe this? And I know how pissed you are that you're looking down here going two years. And I told her to have somebody in there with her in two weeks, which truly wasn't going to happen. And I think he knew that too. And he knows that now looking down. I'm sure he totally understood everything that I lit out about all the emotions, all the fear, all the confusion over it. You know, I really felt the confusion over this expanding heart of mine because I knew that he was still there. Like I said, all that wild, crazy, mad love was still in there for him. But all of a sudden, there was all this extra space, too. And I found it terrifying. But I moved through it. I allowed myself to feel every one of those emotions. And holy moly, there were some emotions. And I talked to Jim. And I felt his presence, which was really comforting. And um, I came downstairs and, and I was okay. And when I went to bed last night and turned out the lights, I caught like three green flickers in the room that were there and then gone. It was like fireflies again. It was like the sign, you know, it's going to be okay, Joe. It's going to be okay. How amazing. So find the way to allow. Let your heart expand. Don't be afraid of it. Look out on your new level of spirituality, freedom, however that feels and comes to you, and start being the best you again. Just entertain the thought of the possibility. You can reach that place. You know, my entire focus of what I've produced over the past year with this free podcast and writing my book, Widowed, was to help other widows find meaning and purpose in their lives again. And that's why I've taken you on this journey with me. And I share these things from my heart, even as my journey continues now. I found over the year that I've reached out. I've been working one-on-one -on -one coaching widows, but I found that I wasn't reaching all the widows who truly need that kind of support. And I knew I had to find a way. And that's when I realized that what helped me get to this point, what helped me through that first difficult year was being a life coach and working with other widows. So I wanted to share this with all of you. That's what my focus has shifted to in my business. I have another ad running right now for Widow Coaches Class. And this is why I developed Widow Coaches Class. What is going on in that class right now, the first class running through, is so exciting. I want to be able to share some of them here with you. Get them on for interviews. I want you to meet the the dad of two sons, a widower who is already a coach. He's an academic coach wanting to reach out to widows and widowers in his community. Fantastic heart there. There's a pastor. Her husband was also a pastor at the same church. They worked together for years. He has passed away and she is moving on to an entirely new life. There's a widowed mom who said, even though 
I know I'll probably do something with this widow coach thing, but even if I don't, I can already see how much this class is helping me. And that made me feel so good because that's really the point. So I know what each of them is going to be doing is going to be so powerful in their communities. It's all about them. And it's my mission to make sure that they are best equipped to follow through on whatever it is they want, whether it's just for themselves or to truly reach out to widows in their community. I want to celebrate them with you. I want to celebrate all of you. That's why I'm looking to reopen the next cycle of this class. I had originally thought that it would not be until the end of April. But if I have enough applicants, I already have a couple waitlisted for the next class. I will open it up on March 1st or in early March. So I want to hear from those of you who feel like you would like to find passion in life again and that you would want to make a difference out there connecting with other widows. I would get on a phone call with you, learn more about you. You can learn more about the Widow Coaches class and we can see if you're a good fit for this. I'm looking for widows who are ready to make that kind of commitment. I want those who really want to take some massive action to see some massive results in their own life. It can be fantastic. So if this is what you want, drop an email to joanne at joannethelifecoach.com. In the subject line, put widow coaches class. And we will find a day and time that we can connect. I would love for every one of my listeners to apply for this class. That's how important and how fantastic I think it is. In the meantime, consider how you are handling your heart at this point. Have you been keeping it under lock and key? Have you been keeping yourself reined in, thinking that you would be cheating somehow on your spouse by opening your heart to others? That's just crazy. And it's keeping you in a uncomfortable place and I bet it's not making your spouse happy wherever they are either so open your mind to the possibilities know that I care for every one of you I want every one of you to come through this finding the best you and finding joy in every day of your life I'll talk to you next week.